And good afternoon. It's 4 o'clock. Uh, thanks for tuning in to CFRC 101.9 FM. We are located here in Lower Carruthers Hall, Queen's University, Kingston, Ontario. My name is Bruce. Uh, this is Finding a Voice, a spoken word program airing here every Friday afternoon from 4 to 6 o'clock. We do stream live online as well at www.cfrc.ca. And coming up on the show today, in the first hour from the June 29th, fourth session of the first day of a three-day poetry festival called Poets at Art Fest 5, you'll hear readings by Kathy Figueroa, Bob McKenzie, and Meg Freer. And in the second hour from the June 29th, fourth and fifth session of the first day of the three-day poetry festival again, uh, you'll hear readings by Dallas Bader, Beth Marie Michalska, and Sasha Hill. I guess this first, though, the usual hourly announcement. Occasionally, uh, some poetry, spoken word, or music played on this show may contain strong language, but it's all played in its entirety with content unedited to honor the creative integrity of both the author and the piece. So to begin, as we begin with what will be for, well, it's still going to consume, really, uh, shows here for the most part. I might sneak something else in from time to time, but for the next still probably two months, close to it, uh, was actually begun a couple of weeks ago, and you're going to hear uh, today uh, the full of the, had to look here, fourth session and a portion of the fifth session. Uh, and the fifth session was the final session of that first day, three-day poetry festival, again called Poets at Art Fest 5. But uh, it's going to, uh, yeah, it's going to be a lot of what you're going to hear here for the next uh, at least six or seven weeks at least. So uh, these readings, again, took place on uh, that I'm airing today on uh, June 29th. And the festival itself... Uh, uh, was tied to the much larger Art, Art Fest Kingston 2019. So let's go ahead and just jump in here and get everything all set up back the way it's supposed to be. And uh, up first from that afternoon, here is uh, Kathy Figueroa. Up next, Kathy Figueroa is a Canadian poet, photographer, and uh, indie publisher who resides in the beautiful town of Bancroft in Hastings County, Ontario. The internet reaches all parts of the globe, and as a result, so do Kathy's often funny and irreverent poems, though some evince a more serious tone. Her versified views of the world can also be found in numerous hard copy publications like newspapers, magazines, dozens of anthologies, and five of her own books. In addition, her short play, Conflicted About the Wolf, was staged in Bancroft in 2012. Today, she's created four large literary events, including two, the Word is Wild Literary Festivals. For many years, Kathy has been involved in with various aspects of film production, and for two years was poetry editor of the Quinty Arts Council publication, Umbrella. In 2018, she registered a small press, Flowertopia Studio, which publishes the work of Canadian poets. Let's bring up Kathy Figueroa. <laughs> OK. 
Okay, um, well thank you for that introduction, Bruce. And uh, thank you to everyone who's come out to hear us read our work. Um, so here are some of my books and two of the books I've published, actually three of the books I've published uh, via my small publishing house. Uh, the Poetry of Hot for Dallas, Undefeated Relevance for Honey Moment and uh, prior to uh, publishing those two, I published a book for myself, The Renaissance of Rhyme. And I'm currently polishing up the manuscript for uh, my next uh, collection, which is called uh, Notes from North Hastings uh, Poems and Pictures by Kathy Figueroa. <laughs> so um, anyhow, uh, let me see. I guess... Uh, for the first poem, I'll read one that I wrote uh, this morning uh, as uh, part of an exercise that uh, Bruce gave us uh, for this uh, uh, intuitive writing class that he held uh, first thing in the morning today. Uh, so uh, we, we came out for that and Bruce said uh, to just wander around here at Art Fest and take in the sights and just write about, you know, whatever occurred to you. Uh, so that's what I did. Uh, I Actually, I tried to write a pure stream of consciousness uh, prose piece and I don't know, I just have this uh, rhyming addiction or as, as Bruce mentioned uh, this morning, he said that a lot of writers feel that they're just sort of the instrument. <laughs> they just write down these poems that uh, are sort of channeled to them from, by, uh, from some other source. And so whichever source is channeling poems to me really likes rhyme. Anyhow, so <laughs> this one rhymes. <laughs> Sorry, Bruce. <laughs> and it's called... Uh, Tibetan prayer flags. Tibetan prayer flags waving gently in the breeze. A vibrantly colorful contrast to the green of lawn and trees. A reminder that there's more to life than we experience on this temporal plane. And there's hope for transcendence over daily stressors, cares, and pain. It's all a matter of perspective how we view this life we've got. Just like how we see the flags marking the limits of the Kingston City Park parking lot. <laughs> so of course, uh, the colorful flags over there inspired this poem. So uh, anyhow, the next poem was inspired by, the, by an event that took place in October, which marked uh, the legalization of cannabis in Canada. And the poem is called Mighty Green. Though it's October, Things are looking mighty green. It's legalization time, if you know what I mean. The 17th marks the start of something we thought we'd never see. That recreational weed would be legal seemed just a fantasy. Decades ago, in the era of love, peace, and pot, we had to hide it from the man and hope we wouldn't get caught. Now, miracle of miracles, we can buy marijuana online with delivery by Canada Post and no worries about a fine. This society is evolving in a positive, good way. I'm delighted to finally see Cannabis Legalization Day. Thank you, Thomas. <laughs> All right, well, sometimes I uh, write 
poems that um, are inspired by world events. So this next poem is called Angry Rural Folks Went to Town. I'm glad I wasn't in Paris today, sipping coffee on the Champs-Élysées, when a huge riot and conflagration erupted in front of a shocked nation. A fuel tax hike caused intense widespread ire, which resulted in unleashed rage and fire when 5,000 came out to show content, demonstrate en masse, and violently vent. They questioned President Macron's choices by collectively raising their voices. November 24th, the Saturday, the public's anger was on full display. Higher tax was simply too much to bear, and it was clearly felt to be unfair. Their standard of living was going down, hence the angry rural folks went to town. This next one is uh, also was also inspired by uh, world events or a uh, world event. It's called Evolve to a Higher Plane. There's so much bad news, it's like the world's going to hell. Will mankind survive? These days, it's hard to tell. A mass shooting in a mosque down in Kiwiland Another senseless slaughter, sane folks don't understand. Divisions in religion, politics, and race become like ugly team sports. This society's disgrace. Some are on team Christian, others on team Jew. There's team Muslim, team Sikh, team Hindu, to just name a few. Will humans ever get along and evolve to a higher plane? Or are we doomed to destruction by the hateful and insane? This was uh, this poem was also inspired by a world event, and it also uh, marked an anniversary. It's called "The Valor, the Horror." Ypres, the Somme, Gimme Ridge, Passchendaele. The enemy was fearsome but destined to fail before the might of the Canadian Expeditionary Force, brave-hearted men who changed history's course. Let us not forget the young lives lost, the tremendous toll, the human cost, the valor, the horror, the pain, the gore, the battles waged on a foreign shore. Let us remember torn flesh, blood, and bone that mingled with water, sand, mud, and stone. Europe's ridges, trenches, beaches, and plains are scattered with fragments of human remains, of good men who not, knew not if they'd perish to uphold ideals that we cherish, who risked their lives for future generations with a hope of peace among the nations. November 11th, 1918 was Armistice Day. The warfare stopped and peace <coughs> held sway. 100 years later, let us remember still and always strive for peace, harmony, and goodwill, lest we forget. And this poem is dedicated to the memory of a veteran of World War I and member of the Canadian Expeditionary Force Peter Harmon, my grandfather. Uh, this poem is, uh, oh, it's just one that occurred to me. <laughs> it's 
called baby boomers are aging. Baby boomers are aging. Sometimes dementia takes hold. It isn't a pleasant thing, but happens as folks get old. Personalities might change. This can cause consternation. When someone starts acting strange, it's a bad situation. What is a person to do when a friend becomes bonky? Relationships get ruined when things go weird and wonky. What if they behave in ways both hurtful and defensive? It seems pointless, of no use to even get defensive. You can't suggest to someone that they go and take a pill if they've gone off the deep end, but yet you care for them still. If they become deceitful and deny the things they've done, what are you supposed to do when you can't just turn and run? It's a terrible disease, one that seems devoid of hope. So until a cure is found, we'll pray for the strength to cope. Okay, so uh, let me see. Sometimes I write protest poems, and uh, this is one that uh, I wrote and submitted to the local newspapers back in April, but surprise, surprise, it still hasn't been published. <laughs> so I'll take this uh, opportunity to, uh, to present it and express how I feel about uh, a local situation up in the Bancroft area. It's called, They Want to Blow Up Faraday Township. They want to blow up Faraday Township and haul it away bit by bit by truck. The people who would like to prevent this so far haven't had much success or luck. It's great, wildly authentic character. It's diverse ecosystem and terrain could become irrevocably damaged. Only the silent, scarred land might remain. A long-established spa in the region, which is well-regarded and world-renowned, could lose tranquility and clientele due to the explosive rock-blasting sound. Unsightly big gravel trucks will rumble along formerly quiet country roads, creating irritating noise and dust while hauling multitudes of crushed rock loads which will snarl traffic at Bridge and Mill Streets, their highways 28 and 62, a junction that can get so congested it's an unpleasant ordeal to get through. But in regard to that proposed new place, the Cannabis Complex Resort and Spa, will the sightseers bust in to stay there be enthralled by the fugly trucks they saw? What about local property values, which undoubtedly could be affected? Homes and cottages are big purchases, investments that need to be protected. Allowing an unpopular quarry with a big attendant traffic concern could make ratepayers upset and sorry, no matter how much the owners will earn. And I have just one more here that is sort of uh, a commentary about uh, municipal politics, I suppose. Uh, Anyhow, it's called, well, first of all, I'll say that I have appointed myself uh, the unofficial poet laureate of Doggerland, which is an area that unfortunately is now under the North Sea, uh, a DNA testing site uh, uh, revealed to me that um, after analyzing my DNA uh, that my uh, earliest uh, uh, 
female relatives on my mother's side um, uh, apparently came from this area. And uh, so there's a Doggerland Facebook page, which I've joined, and I've made myself a poet laureate there, and I, I wrote this poem <laughs> to mark the occasion. Okay, so it's called Chronicles of Doggerland. Herein is a story, a tale from the time before, a history of a people and a chronicle of their lore, a redaction of events, some noble, some not, a record of a place and people that time nearly forgot. We now begin without distraction, interruption, or delay to share events that have unfurled in the following way. Next, subtitle, The Uppity One, recorded on September 26, 2017 CE. On September 25, 2017, as the common era is called, Inglesnod got uppity and left the community appalled. Some thought he'd spent too much time floating on his raft and that prolonged exposure to the sun had made him go quite daft. He suddenly fancied himself a ruler, so declared that he was king and tried to impose taxes, an ignoble and dastardly thing. No, the Minister of Tourism cried. We cannot let this be. What foreign tourists now will shop here if they must pay a GST? Some gave this a lot of thought, but many gave it less. And the general mood of the populace wasn't hard to guess. A committee was convened to deal with Snod, who was then escorted to his raft and handed a fishing rod. The end. Thank you very much. You're a wonderful audience. <laughs> oh, it's Kathy Figueroa. Let's give her another hand. Oh, thank you. <laughs> and you just heard a reading by Kathy Figueroa in the fourth session of the first day of the three-day Poets at Art Fest 5 Poetry Festival that was held on June 29th. Up in next in that session, here is Bob McKenzie. Up next, Bob McKenzie. Bob McKenzie's poetry has appeared in almost 400 uh, journals across North America as well as Australia and India, in, pub in publications including Literary Review of Canada, Dalhousie Review, Windsor Review, and Ball State uh, University Forum, Bob's Poems, appear in numerous anthologies in Italy, Greece, and North America, and have been translated into Greek and Persian. He's published eight volumes of poetry, and his writing has brought him local and international awards for his writing, as well as an Ontario Arts Council grant for literature, a, Canadian, uh, sorry, a Canada Council grant for performance, and a fellowship to participate in the summer literary se uh, seminars in Tbilisi, uh, Georgia. With the uh, ensemble Palme de Terre, for 18 years, Bob's poetry has been spoken and sung live with original music, and the group has released six albums. Two of Bob's poems appear in the Inspired Heart for Teens, a new anthology of poems for teen readers. Let's hear it for Bob McKenzie. <coughs> Brief commercial. Books there are for sale, right where the red marker is. This will be the dark set. 
I won't re say anything between these. Storms never last. All the lonely people came, then the crows appeared, and the sun went blacker than night of winter day. Parked car conversations in the courtyard of the hydroelectric power station, the wilderness of mirrors. Spirits of tool whirled the dark of wind and rain, raised us up in transports of joy and gossamer ter terror. Pressed close by darkness, stopped hearts became one, brave new worlds in silence, began once more to breathe. Out of darkness came light. Demons of wind and rain, mist-like, wrapped the car. Only the awesome silence. Footsteps in the garden. When birds go silent, chipmunks and squirrels rush to the underbrush. The wind whispers soft and goes dead quiet, leaving only a vacuum. I can feel them come, the silent footsteps along the forest path echoing my own steps until I stop and turn and there's nobody. On the path behind me, there's nobody at all, but somewhere back there, a single tree rustles, though there is no wind and I walk more quickly. Hurriedly walking home, I can feel someone follow, though when I turn to see, there's only the rustle, only the empty wooded path until I turn to walk again. At home, I lock the gate, cross the garden quickly, go in and lock the door, breathe a sigh of relief, but in the silence I hear footsteps in the garden. the least of these. 19th century painting of poverty. She stands in rags framed against the black of late December midnight in my doorway. Her three knocks brought me not quite awake to the door and now this apparition hunches before my hazy eyes, unreal. A cracked voice, can I use your phone? Like a dream, a nightmare, she scares me. I don't have a phone, I lie. Again the voice, my feet are freezing, and I'm unsure why I'm afraid. I close the door. When I open the door again, she is gone, spirit in the dark, lost in the mist, like she was never there. Two, near dark river waters, the marsh, late December, desolate, lost in thought, I stand by a park bench in the gray half-light. Something knocks my ankle, sudden and hard, startles me from my frozen reverie like a door opening. At my feet, a muskrat drags himself, broken, toward the water. Plaintive eyes, a quiet voice, asking me to do something, his feet frozen as he stalls and dies. Hard times come again. Seeing old news photos of men in long depression bread lines, my mother noticed mostly this. No matter how hard times were, the men's shoes were polished, creased pants freshly pressed, and their hair neatly combed. <coughs> As a kid in mid-century prairie towns broken by the recession, I saw men, old I thought, sitting on benches, porches or chairs by buildings gray as they were, with work clothes freshly washed, shoes polished, and hair combed. 
youth unable to find employment now sit on sidewalks downtown or outside stores and strip malls, sometimes wrapped in blankets, paper coffee cups set in front, thrift shop clothes laundered, worn boots cleaned, and hair combed. Okay, this was not brought up just as a marker. I apologize for the break. <coughs> Where are the angels? Can I tell you a story? It's a true story. I was panhandling downtown, sitting on the sidewalk, and this man walked by me. I think he's an ecstasy dealer. This man walked by me. He turned and came back. This man passed me three times. I think he's an ecstasy dealer. Then he walked across the street. He picked up a brick, brought it over and hit me hard. Hit me three times in the back. I think he's an ecstasy dealer. I don't even know him. It's not easy, this street life sleeping on grass and park benches, roughing it in camps in the woods, waiting to be roasted by city cops ready to destroy whatever you own, panhandling for enough to buy food, digging in restaurant dumpsters, stealing food just to survive, shadows along downtown sidewalks, shadows adrift outside society's comforts, invisible to those who wish not to see, wisps like ghosts huddled on sidewalks, walk past by the living afraid to see, homeless abandoned with no place to go, poorly fed and poorly housed or not at all, illness and mental health issues untreated, alone and unprotected against the elements, preferred by too many to be dead and gone. It's not easy with no home to go to, shelters often too full or dangerous, moved along by cops and shopkeepers, beaten and harassed by bored bullies, raving seasons without proper clothes, battered by rain and snow and hot sun, hid in shadows and under eaves or trees, invisible to those who will not see, shadow people living in the cracks. <coughs> I walk in, sh in the shadows among the ghosts, talk with them and call them my friends, the troubled and those who have troubles, strong and courageous against all odds, beaten and abused, but most of all shunned, invisible and unwanted wherever they stop. A man passed three times, my friend says, beat him with a brick, a too common story. My friend tells me, I don't even know him. Where are the angels when you need them? Where are the helpers and compassionate, bringing the homeless back home again, raising up the drown, downtrodden and defeated, feeding the hungry and healing the ill, seeing in the shadows beautiful people, bringing life back to sidewalk ghosts, light to those who live in the shadows. And if you look, you will see the angels. you something in there. The flower. The bell tolled low, scarcely heard at first. An itinerant artist saw her once when he came painting five dollar faces of pedestrians. 
He saw her and was intrigued by thoughts that filled her eyes and world she held in her skilled hands and strong will. Sitting, her back to the wall as a defense against the electric wind sparking around her and chilling. He saw her and offered free to paint her portrait. The flower lady portrait was painted. There is in a business window where she walked a haunting portrait of the flower lady. She sits back to the wall, face to the wind short circuits, city gray, gazing into the distance at green European fields or a warm farm home where a young girl once lived. She sits back to the wall, face to the wind, a basket of flowers at her feet, the bell told. She was the flower lady. She needed no more identification than that. She rose with the alley cats and young babies. She rose with the crisp morning sun and sea breeze and was sometimes in her place at Market's Head as early as seven in the morning. She took brightly colored materials in the beginning and created flowers she sold all over the city. There was a restaurant where she ate, if you can call it that, a bit of tea, a bit of toast, not much of either. She sat alone caring for her creations, her nearly flowers, pinching and shaping limp petals, straightening green, green leaves. Then she ate her usual late evening lunch, tea and toast, that was all. The bell tolled. It was often midnight before she returned to her room with her leftover, not quite flowers. If the sun hung like a halo, the glow of its ring burning her eyes and dropping burning summertime to her shoulders, she walked. If the sea threw its net of fog over her, no matter, she walked. If winter wrapped cold claws around her and dug icy teeth into her, she walked. One man recalls one cold and foggy night she knocked on his door at 11 at night, a good part of her bouquets unsold. She lived chiefly on tea and toast. She hoarded her small cash reserve for materials to create nearly, not quite, flowers. For 22 years, she occupied the same room, had no guests or visitors who were seen. No relative came to call on the flower lady. The bell tolled. She was herself like a flower, a thin wildflower bright and alive like the mayflowers she sold in the spring. Sometimes she wore a fresh crisp bandana. Sometimes her grape basket was gaily decorated like a happy moment in childhood. Sometimes it was plain. The tributes are many. She was always neat and tidy. She would not take charity. Once, when her kindly landlady turned down a $3 payment she wanted to make on her rent, she went out and bought her gift in the same amount. Everything reported serves to enhance her me memory. When her death was announced, few noticed. The bell tolled low. She needed no more identification than that. Sympathetic resonance. The walls between us, in truth, are no thicker than sorcery, ephemeral screens revealing all that ever has been, all that ever shall be, all the demons set free. In the corner, an old piano waits to be played. 
The dancers are tableaus dancing still in this dark, uncertain place and time. In this ballroom, it is 1923, phasing through mists to 2021, redolent of ancient jazz. In the silence, an old piano waits to be played. Dark, ancient fears reborn, dance ephemeral as jazz, frozen in and outside time. Shadow dancers in the dark, terrors at a ball in 2021, dreams of dancers in 1923. Hidden shadow, a man in a tux patiently waits. Slow motion and soft focus and old songs echo in the air, tableau dancers come to life. Dance to drive the fear away, dance, oh dance, brave souls, yet still shadows dance too. The shadow man at the piano, a haunting tune. Thank you. That's Bob McKenzie, let's give him another hand. Now was Bob McKenzie at the in, in the fourth session, I should say of the first day of the three-day Poets at Art Fest 5 uh, Poetry Festival. And again, this was on the first day, so June 29th. Tell you what, uh, let's do this, and I'll be right back. Friday evenings at 6 p.m. here on CFRC, listen to Saltwater Music, a show covering all musical genres from the East Coast of Canada. Celtic, of course, but also rock, jazz, blues, folk, and a lot more. I'm your host, Rob Carnell. Tune in to Saltwater Music Friday evening from 6 to 8 here on CFRC 101.9 FM. Or you can catch us on the web at www.cfrc.ca. And for our listeners out east, that's 7 p.m. Atlantic and 7.30 Newfoundland. The Kingston Community House for Self-Reliance, widely known as 99 York, has for 30 years been providing a central, low-cost meeting space for groups that allow like-minded people to come together to learn from one another, to share resources and trade skills. The goal of this house is to act as an integral part of the neighborhood in which it is located. On a typical evening, an autism caregiver relief group will be at 99 York, together with a 12-step organization and a transgendered support group, while a social justice and homeschooling group may be booked in the following day. The community house is also available for less official functions, such as barbecues, birthday and office parties, and other social gatherings. We are proud to also serve the Queen's community. For more information, visit 99 York Street in Kingston. Go to www.99york.org, email info at 99york.org, or call 613-542-1136. Ladies and gentlemen, we interrupt our program of dance music to bring you a special bulletin from the Intercontinental Radio News. Sit back, relax, listen to some hip-hop with the premium plus. Non-stop rockin' till it's time to go. DJ professional rockin' the show. The fantastic. Dollar bill every Friday night. 9 p.m. 
Loving Spoonful is a community food organization in Kingston, Ontario. We work to create and promote food security in our city through many projects, including community gardens, farmers markets, grow a row, food reclamation, and community kitchens. Currently, Loving Spoonful is looking for volunteers to help deliver fresh, healthy food to shelters and meal programs. We are also seeking volunteers to participate in kitchen work bees, where we preserve surplus produce to be used in meal programs. Please email info at lovingspoonful.org if you're interested in getting involved. For more information about Loving Spoonful, visit www.lovingspoonful.org. And you are listening to Finding a Voice here on CFRC 101.9 FM. We are located in Lower Carruthers Hall, Queen's University, Kingston, Ontario. My name is Bruce, and here every Friday afternoon from 4 to 6 o'clock, we do stream live online as well at www.cfrc.ca. So let's go ahead and go back into the fourth session of the first day of the three-day Poets at Art Fest 5 Poetry Festival. Again, since this was the first day over that long weekend, uh, this uh, happened on Saturday, June 29th. So up next in it, here is Meg Freer. And up next... Meg Freer grew up in Montana and has written poetry since 2015. She is a member of the Ontario Poetry Society, teaches piano in Kingston, enjoys running and photography, and wishes she had more time for writing poetry. Her photos and poems have won awards in North America and overseas and have been published in anthologies and journals such as Ruminant, Vellum, Young Raven's Literary Review, uh, Eastern Iowa Review and Rat's Ass Review. In 2017, she won a writing fellowship and attended the summer literary seminars in Tbilisi, Republic of Georgia. Let's bring her up, Meg Freer. Thanks, Bruce. This is called Consequences. Snip a bit here, a bit there, erase a person, <coughs> remove an event, alter a date. In fact, delete your whole past so your future doesn't know why or how it is. And while you're at it, rip up the future too, just in case. Mass self-censorship in advance. And for goodness sake, change your underwear in the event you end up in the emergency room. Because it's all about appearances anyway, associations, connections that become a juggling contest in the media circus to see who will drop something first. Decades ago in the Moscow circus, did the dancing bears who balanced on tall poles wonder what you thought, consider future consequences, or did they simply keep rolling on those giant balls and hope not to fall off? This next poem is for and about the Sisters of Providence here in Kingston and their historic chapel in Providence Manor over there on Sydenham Street and it was written to honor the work the sisters do in the community for all the downtrodden and it is for all who work for social justice. The damaged seek you out. You would know their faces if you were blind, 
the lonely, the broken in spirit, mind or limb, animals who offer their last frozen breath. You hear the rag and bone man's cry, reach across social boundaries to wipe them away. Listen to those who need to tell their stories. Golden light shines on St. Vincent de Paul, his gentle stained glass face surrounded by a halo of red rosettes as he comforts the barefoot children who come to him. Shadows of leaves blow in a breeze and red roses still bloom in late October along the fence beside the chapel, a touchwood of hope in these times. A crow waits for you on the path, vanishes like lake-born magic, and you see bones and feathers on a branch, flowers in roadside dust. Timing, you say, smoke and mirrors, and the earth drinks saints' tears. Cabby. Bits of people's lives left behind, keys, eyeglasses, scarves, it helps to be more or less truthful. Required, suavity with words, wisdom, poise, and ability to assess a state of mind, spot dishonesty. My back is always turned, and the drama in a small space can shift from generous dialogue to sudden danger, a passenger who needs to fight with anyone, a blow to my head with a blunt object. Long hours for little pay, but freedom of mind redeems all allows dreams other than driving, sets my eyes on fire with desire, more than wish, a rush of ambition to leave, never return to the margins where time measures out time and a cab driver always waits. If you've ever been in a nursing home or had to put someone in a nursing home, this will seem familiar. It's called Melancholy is Not Only for the Old, she can't read the fine print of the sky, seems amazed to see airplanes fly by the window of the common area, though she knows the home is in a big city, says she can't bear to leave her husband in this room, where men she describes as sad, ugly, and vocal wait away the days through dull momentum of routine. She tells him of a historic house nearby whose sign says it has been rehabilitated, and he wonders if it had bad habits. Strange things occur in this place where it's hard to explain why a busy day won't cause blood clots on the lungs, where food tastes like sadness. One woman taps thoughts on the table before her ideas fossilize. Another burps a baby doll, tries to close the railway tunnel doors to keep out the cows. The quiet ones, their underused bodies buried in ghost dunes of memories, don't grow old in the usual way. Existence here sustains itself by friction against the sides of nearly empty bowls reserved for those who no longer enjoy small pleasures like polka dots or the promise of lentil soup. The lens adjusted for extraordinary. When stack ice breaks up an undisciplined winter finally gives way to spring, when the rose windows and organs somehow survive the fire at Notre Dame, when the grocery store has tiny quail to balance out your Easter ham, when the clerk 30 years your junior calls you miss, when a surprise of jazzy Christian pop music in Korean sails out of church windows, when the sight of a man carrying a plunger and a pizza makes you smile, when a 100-year-old fruitcake is found in Antarctica still intact, when a granitic knob in the limestone plain is the remains of an ancient mountain, 
When your child loves to keep something small, like a stone or a toy in his pocket all day. When he says the opposite of roughhousing is gentle tenting. When you learn Salvador Dali designed the Chupa Chups lollipop wrapper. When you always choose James Taylor's deep greens and blues, you will be able to hear Driftwood's echo of the far away. You will breathe inspiration. I'm gonna finish with a set of poems that I wrote about a mining town. There are snapshots of life in this town and of the people who lived in the town. It's a ghost town now in Montana. It's called Garnet. It's uh, up in the mountains near where I grew up. So these all just kind of follow one after another. Garnet, Montana, 1898. 12 miles up an isolated road, prospectors hope to find gold-streaked red quartz in their glory holes before winter comes on. Billy Liberty, the town's best blacksmith, heats up his forge, shapes ore carts and horseshoes, whistles blow, mine hoists clang, hushed woods echo with the rumble of horses pulling ore-filled wagons. Tree rings grow closer together, consider the history of snow by the numbers, 1,000 people, four general stores, four hotels, three livery stables, two barber shops, one union hall, one butcher shop, one doctor's office, one assay office, miners' cabins, 13 saloons, one school, 41 students, one candy shop. Breathing is slow burning. Windless bucket to bottom of shaft, climb down ladder, fill bucket with dirt, climb up ladder, hoist full bucket to surface, dump into wheelbarrow, repeat six times, take barrow to sluice boxes, dump load of dirt. Melt water runs down the shaft, candles and lanterns light the way, men and boys risk fire and suffocation. Sweet relief at the sluice boxes where water flows from close to its source and cool air rests in the creek bottom's spruce forest. Reach back the breath, not finished yet. Boulders big as ore carts block the way to the gold nuggets. Make a boom crane, crank the, crank the rope spool, swing the boom, move the rocks, hand stack rock walls in the sluice way. A typical day. Mine layout. Collar, head frame, hoist, shaft, portal, adit, stope, face, ore body, sump, winds, rays, mill, tailings, outcropped, drift. Sierra claim, 1902. 45 pounds of gold, 100 pounds of silver, 7,500 pounds of copper, $750,000 in minerals. Double jacking. Two miners, sledgehammers, handheld drills, 280 foot deep timbered incline shaft, three to four feet dug, one or two dollars pay, nine out of ten carts, waste rock, one mistake, injury or death. Homesteading at 6,000 feet. No plumbing, no electric lights, Leaky roof, lumpy bed, drafty, cramped cabin. No foundation, no insulation. 
snow eight months a year, so cold that blue air comes in. Sleigh rides, sledding parties, skiing, dinners and card games, miners' union hall dances. Work, eat, rest a bit, dream of the mother load, freedom to choose your destiny. First day on the job, 1900. The Wells Hotel. New, neat, clean, and comfortable headquarters for mining men and transient visitors. Anna Lindahl understood about time. She learned about miners back in Sweden. She would learn to think like a mountain. The Garnet stage didn't wait for her train, so she hiked 12 steep miles in the dark to her new home, heart and hearth ready at 5 a.m. to cook a breakfast to remember. Log Cabin Jail. Kill someone's dog while drunk and you'll be locked up. One small window and a log ceiling and floor make escape impossible. A jail, not necessary until saloons were built. Newspaper ads of the day. The Series 11 Franklin, the greatest achievement of Franklin's 24 years. Pierce Arrow. The makers have had one simple steadfast purpose to build the finest motor car possible. The new straight six-cylinder Hupmobile. No one knocks the Hup, the car for the American family. Davies Store, 1906 prices. Dozen eggs, 30 cents. One pound butter, 30 cents. One can coffee, 25 cents. One can salmon, 20 cents. One can oysters, 15 cents. One can milk, 10 cents. Lamp chimney, 15 cents. Shaving soap, 10 cents. Frank A. Davy continued to run his store during World War I, put flour and sugar in an annex to be sold only in emergencies. Davy weighed gold in the store office, kept it, kept it safe in secret compartments built into the back wall of the ice house until it could be taken down the mountain. Davy owned most of the town's land, let newlyweds live in his honeymoon cabin rent-free until the next couple came along. Davy lost several homes to fire, bought the hotel, moved into the kitchen, let fed the stove one stick at a time from his bed, let mushrooms grow in empty rooms. Post boom garnet. 1905, veins of ore gone, mines abandoned. 1910, population 150. 1912, fire destroys most of garnet. 1920, ghost town. 1930, brief revival. Wells Hotel closes. 1936, population 250. 1947, Frank Davy dies destitute. 1948, official status, ghost town. Souvenir hunters descend on garnet, plunder loose items, stained glass doors, the hotel's oak banister, ever attentive to the ends of things. Town Protectors, 1938. Ole Dahl tore down his beloved back porch to make a new kitchen for Marion, built new porches front and side from which he could watch the town. 
the dolls built a saloon near their cabin after prohibition. And the electric light plant in their shed hummed away while gentle lamp music from trombone-shaped gas fixtures welcomed weary miners who came to drink. Last full-time resident, 1960s, Marion Dahl stood in front of the tavern with her sharpshooter, dared anyone to cart away artifacts from the town, thought back to Prohibition and their cabin, a speakeasy where miners could unwind unafraid. Ghost Town. My childhood friend Gwen and I walk through this gold camp among broken down machines lodged like sculptures in the wildflowers. We are two out of 16,000 tourists a year now. We scan stacked levels of mountain weather, listen for oral ghosts of the hardy people who built Garnet. Cabin windows reveal furnishings left behind, as if residents thought they would return. Certain rooms don't invite us past the doorway, and we leave their spirits in peace. I wonder out loud how and where I lost the garnet-studded rock this hill gave me on our school trip long ago, then turn to find no one there. Gwen has started off up the hillside. She too has learned how to think like a mountain. Later she returns, places in my hand a stone sparkling with red minerals. Thank you. Let's make Freer, let's give her another hand. And you just heard a reading by Meg uh, Freer on, in the fourth session of the first day of the third day at uh, Poets of Art, Poets at Art Fest Five Poetry Festival. Again, that was held on June tw Saturday, June 29th. I uh, just uh, do this now because I'm going to spend a couple of minutes. Uh, yeah, I just looked at the clock. So it looks good. Uh, a few minutes here to share some events, but. Uh, want to mention you are listening to Finding a Voice here on CFRC 101.9 FM. Again, we are located in Lower Carruthers Hall, Queen's University, Kingston, Ontario. My name is Bruce, and here every Friday afternoon from 4 to 6. And we do stream live online at www.cfrc.ca. I hope you can stay tuned for the second hour of today's show uh, there'll be one more reading from that fourth session and i won't have there were three readings in the fifth session i won't have time for all three but we will get two of more of those in today in the second hour and again uh just to remind you these uh were all from the first day of the three-day uh poetry festival that ran from june 29th through july 1st and it again was part of the larger artist festival called the three-day festival called Art Fest Kingston 2019. And uh, let's go ahead and uh, go through a few events. I've even got one call because it's expiring uh, very quickly now. Uh, the call for submissions, and I just received this. I didn't know about it uh, before, but someone pointed it out to me. Uh, and this is for nonfiction writers, it looks like. Uh, call for submissions uh, for the Constance Rook Creative Nonfiction Prize. 
and I'm just going to read briefly from their website. Uh, the Malahat Review invites creative nonfiction writers to enter the Constance Rook, and that's R-O-O-K-E, Creative uh, Nonfiction Prize, for which one prize of uh, Canadian $1,000 is awarded. Uh, the contest is open to Canadian international writers anywhere in the world. And uh, we're going to go ahead. I will tell you the deadline is August 1st. I'm just going to direct you to their main link, and you can find it from there. And it uh, looks like it says HTTPS colon slash slash web dot UVIC dot CA slash Malahat slash contest slash creative. And, uh, man, that should be enough to take you right directly to the page. How's that? And... Uh, there's another one coming up mid-August, but I'll talk about that. Well, let's just talk about it briefly. Fence Books, uh, they're accepting uh, submissions in the categories of poetry, fiction, and other. Uh, they do have a call deadline currently of August 15th. Uh, it says uh, you can sign up for their newsletter to receive future updates. And, uh, yeah, I'm just going to give you their website. Uh, I'm sure I can just do www.com. Fence.submittable.com, and that should get you close to their submission page. How's that? Because there's a bunch of numbers and numerals, and numerals and letters after that here. So let's do those, and uh, let's talk about events. Uh, I mention it every week because it is a weekly event, but the Limestone Writers Writing Group meets uh, year-round, except for the month of August. So I'm definitely bringing it up today because next week uh, will be their final one of the summer, and then they won't resume again until September. Uh, it will be held uh, next Wednesday, and yeah, there's 6 p.m. in in the summer. So uh, 6 p.m. Uh, in uh, Stoffer Library, room 239. And they will meet at 6 o'clock again. And if you're interested and want more information, uh, it's uh, initial D, P-R-A-T-T, -T, 1939 at hotmail.com. And uh, that's Dave's uh, email address. So there you go. Uh, also, I will mention quickly that the, we're in the final two days. Uh, today and tomorrow, it all ends at the Kingston Storefront Fringe Festival 2019. I've already seen a couple of wonderful plays in it, and I plan to see two more uh, late tomorrow afternoon, so looking forward to that. Tomorrow also is uh, uh, the Hot Chocolate Charity Concert. That's half decaf, uh, which consists of Haley Sarfeld and uh, Steph Kielhack, uh put on uh, the last Saturday afternoon of the month. And, oh, my gosh, I didn't, uh, thought this was a new printing. I didn't get the charity. So I'll tell you what, why don't you just go to their Facebook page, uh, and uh, their Facebook page will say, I believe it says Hot Chocolate uh, Charity Concert, and uh, that should take you there. You might add the words uh, SAF decaf to that. Uh, that's coming up tomorrow afternoon from 2 to 4.30. So I wanted to make sure and get that in as well. Uh, and then coming up, uh, 
A week and a half from now will be, again, uh, the two uh, monthly first Tuesday night, uh, or I should say the, yeah, the two first Tuesday night of the month open mic events, uh, the one here in Kingston and the Journey Continues open mic reading series. Uh, doors 6.30, runs from 7 to 9.30. Uh, it's at the Elm Cafe, which is 303 Montreal Street. And uh, then uh, the one in Muse is same night, uh, Tuesday, August 6th for them as well. They're 7 to 9 p.m. And they're at Tweedsmere Tavern, which is located in downtown Tweed. And I will just say that we've got some. They're out uh, even a week later than that, so I'll definitely talk about them next week. But we've got a few uh, book launches and readings coming up again, so that's starting. So some there'll be a few more of those kinds of events now that we're moving towards the latter part of summer so it is now already half a minute after five o'clock or thereabouts and just want to say you are listening to finding a voice here on cfrc 101.9 fm we are located in lower carruthers hall queen's university kingston ontario my name is bruce i'm here every friday afternoon from four to six we do stream live online at www.cfrc.ca. The one thing I didn't mention uh, in uh, at the bottom of the first hour is that both hours of this show, each uh, after it airs, uh, shortly after it airs, actually, uh, they are uploaded to my blog space for it uh, when I get home. And uh, that address, blog address, is finding a voice on cfrcfm.org. WordPress.com. I will probably repeat it at the end of the hour as well this hour, like I usually do. Let's just move along here, Bruce, in the second hour. Uh, and again, as mentioned in the first hour, we, we continue here uh, for definitely the next month and a half, maybe a bit more, maybe two months of uh, more from the three-day poetry festival called uh, Poets at Art Fest, and this year, number five, so Poets at Art Fest 5. Uh, what you're going to hear in this hour are will be readings again from the uh, first day, and we won't quite get through all of them. There will still be one left, but in this hour, you're going to hear readings by Dallas Bader, Beth Marie Michalska, and Sashi Hill. First, though, the usual hourly announcement. Occasionally, some poetry, spoken word, or music played on the show may contain strong language, all played in its entirety with content unedited to honor the creative integrity of both the author and the piece. And uh, up first, the final poet uh, from the fourth session of the first day of the three-day Poets at Art Fest 5, again, Poetry Festival, on Saturday, June 29th. Here is Dallas Bader. Up first, Dallas Bader studied English and biology at Central Michigan University as part of the Back to the land movement of the late 60s and 70s. He moved to Canada and built a log cabin in the woods near Bancroft, Ontario, to live and write like his literary hero, Henry David Thoreau. During the 70s, he grew his own marijuana and smoked it daily, which inspired him to write The Poetry of Pot, a collection published in 2018 to celebrate legalization. Dallas now lives in Bancroft with poet and photographer Kathy Figueroa. 
Let's bring Dallas up. I'd like to, to start uh, with the dedication to, to Kathy, my beautiful poet companion, whose encouragement and help made this book possible. Okay, so um, then um, this is followed by a quotation. The cannabinoids are molecules with the power to make romantics and transcendentalists of, an, of us all. This is from the book, The Botany of Desire by Michael Pollan. Okay, I'll start with the introduction to the book. In the 1970s, I lived in a log cabin I built with my own hands in the woods near Bancroft, Ontario, following the example of my literary idol, Henry Thoreau part of the back to the land movement of the era when hippies moved from the city to the country, bringing along their fondness for marijuana. Through the 70s, I grew my own pot and used it almost daily, recording my experiences in a diary. Fast forward to 2018, with Canada-wide legalization of cannabis approaching, I decided to take another look at my diary. I noticed that after smoking pot, my prose often took on a poetic quality, and if put on the page in the form of a poem, it might actually pass as poetry. This little book is the result. All these poems were inspired by pot, many written while stoned. I hope they will resonate with the stoned reader. <laughs> You could go and quickly smoke a joint if you, if you want, but anyway. Now that legalization is at hand, it's time to celebrate. It's time for cannabis to come out of the backwoods and the back alleys and take its rightful place as a messenger of ecstasy and inspiration and insight for all. All right, so I'll just proceed to, to read a few of the poems. Okay, uh, first one, Summer of 72. I lay in a secluded meadow removed my clothes to sunbathe and smoked a joint. The pot magically erased tangled thoughts. My body relaxed and I merged with the earth, becoming a godlike creature. God and man and nature now one. The earth, trees, sky and sun a part of me, even the buzz of a mosquito, as pleasant as the beat of my own heart. All right, now the next one. Cutting firewood on hash. I walked down the hill on snowshoes, past the big rock and thorn bushes, down the steep winding trail, past tall poplar trees, holding onto trees to keep from slipping until I reached the frozen marsh. Stoned on hash, time contains much thought and feeling. The sky is perfectly clear. The frozen marsh, a vast art gallery displaying thousands of dead trees. Each tree a statue reaching for the sky. The snow scintillating with brilliant crystals, red, green, blue, yellow, curved in an arc. I sit in the snow, playing like a child in a sandbox, the snow in an earthly sand that put to my lips turns to pure water. I cut a dead tree in the marsh and carry a log up the hill on my shoulder, feeling pain as I ascend. Dropping the log at the top of the hill, my whole body feels buoyant as if I could almost fly. Pain lingers in my shoulder, but feels good as it fades. The pain, a pleasant stimulant. All right, next uh, poem called Ecstasy. I rarely feel ecstasy except when stoned. Eating and sex and exercise and music give me pleasure, but not ecstasy. I can think logically, can read, work all very well when I'm not stoned, but I feel it's the efficiency of a machine. Perhaps humans discovered cannabis early in their evolution 
and it became a necessary food for the mind. Okay, the next one, Golden Age. I imagine the Golden Age thousands of years ago in a mild and fruitful valley where humans evolved in harmony with nature, where humans lived joyously surrounded by colorful birds, dancing streams and lush vegetation in a state of ecstasy from drug plants. Visions of its ancestral paradise come back to me when I smoke cannabis in the forest. Okay, next one. Winter music. I walked a mile on snowshoes to a hilltop, climbed a spruce tree, and saw my cabin in the distance like a toy. After smoking a joint, I heard faint musical sounds in the north, like distant trumpets playing a beautiful symphony. It was the sound of the wind playing through the trees. All right, next one. This tree was Sharon. As I set off into the forest on snowshoes, I felt gloomy, but I had to cure a couple of joints. I smoked one and it worked as it always does, the good feelings like heaven descending to earth. Suddenly I was smiling and laughing at the vastness of the forest and the sky, the trees reaching up with millions of fingers. Looking at a nearby hemlock, I thought it would be nice if this tree was Sharon. There are already so many trees. And I imagined, imagined this tree was Sharon and I talked to her and held her. Right, next one. A little bedroom. On the second joint, it comes to me, the aptness of my body for the earth. Alone and lost in the forest, my chest relaxes and I breathe deeply. I walk a forest path, encounter a little valley bordered by balsams, the mossy ground, a carpet of organic gems. A little bedroom. I remove my clothes, lay on the moss, and await the arrival of a lover. Next one. I know the cure. I am hot after a midday walk in the forest where the big hemlock, maple, beech, and birch trees grow. I kneel at the stream, cut my hands, and drink the water that shines in the sunlight quicksilver. A few problems, a few problems haunt me, but I know the cure. I sit on a moss-covered boulder and light a joint. Taking the first toke, I am excited to realize that in a moment I will be transported into another world from earth to paradise and will change from a man to a god. All right. So um, I will read just two, two more short poems here. Paradise. Paradise. I'm usually there for a few hours a day if, if I have enough pot. Stoned in the forest, the, the forest becomes the Garden of Eden, a higher dimension of abundance, beauty, and peace. And uh, the last poem I'll read, Eternal Ecstasy. Each day may be the beginning of an upward mood swing that will result in eternal ecstasy. Each day I feel that all problems are falling into a pattern of universal solution, that all people are passing through a crucial stage and will soon emerge to a paradise with billions of golden years ahead. Yeah, that's the last one of these poems I will read. But I'd like to read an essay that I wrote recently. Um, and um, I'm thinking of, of including it as an afterword in the next edition of this book. Right, this essay is called The Paradise of Pot, Cannabis in a Post-Legalization World. How do you want to spend your life? If you had the option of spending it in heavenly bliss, would you not choose that option? Cannabis offers you that option. 
Cannabis offers boundless, endless bliss and asks for nothing in return. All you need to do is take it and accept it. You could not ask for anything more. It seems too good to be true, but it's actually true. Cannabis rivals the Big Bang as the ultimate free lunch. In my experience, the most important effect of cannabis is, in, is to intensify pleasure. It feels as if cannabis, the THC in cannabis, couples with the cannabinoid receptors in the brain to increase the activity or sensitivity of the pleasure centers of the brain, making sensations and perceptions that are normally neutral seem pleasurable. And things that are normally pleasurable, such as eating and, or sex, become even more pleasurable. Cannabis combined with sex can provide almost unlimited pleasure. Let me emphasize this point. Cannabis is a powerful aphrodisiac, if you don't know already. If you haven't had sex with Mary Jane, you haven't really had sex. Okay, I'll just continue now. Okay, the mental stimulation, such as philosophical thinking or poetic expression, often brought on by cannabis is probably a side effect of the pleasure it induces. Feelings of pleasure tell the mind that everything is okay, that there are no practical problems to take care of, thus freeing the mind to play in a realm of pure thought. In fact, this mental stimulation could explain why being stoned seems to slow down time. If as many thoughts happen in a minute as usually happen in an hour, then a minute will seem to last for an hour, and an hour will seem to last for an eternity. The pleasures induced by cannabis can make a person feel they are, they are in a heavenly place. Heaven is a concept that in many religions represents the place where a person might end up after they die, a place of happiness and contentment, where a person will experience an eternity of bliss. Since cannabis can make an hour seem like an eternity, cannabis offers not only bliss, but eternal bliss. The bliss and mental stimulation that cannabis induces might be seen as normal and healthy. The phytocannabinoids in cannabis might even be seen as essential vitamins, like vitamin C, making people happier and healthier. Eventually, most people will realize and accept that it is good to be stoned most of the time. I believe we have arrived at a momentous time in human history. Cannabis now makes possible a quantum leap in human happiness. The more people use cannabis, the more heavenly the world becomes. As legalization spreads around the world, a higher civilization is being born. Okay, that's, thank you. Dallas Bader, let's give him another hand. And you just heard a reading by Dallas Bader in the fourth session of the first day of the three-day Poets at Art Fest 5 Poetry Festival on, again, Saturday, June 29th. And up next, uh, as we moved into move now into the following and fifth session that day, here is Beth Marie Michalska. Up first, Beth Marie Michalska was born in uh, Sussex, uh, no, I'm... Beth Marie Mahowska Colin was born in uh, Sussex, New Brunswick uh, into the Roach clan and became a Mahowska through marriage in Kingston, Ontario. Her poetry is available on YouTube and in some of CFRC's Finding a Voice pod podcasts. 
has appeared on a Kingston City bus on both lawn and library <laughs> chalkboards in the journals Quarry and uh, Synergy, and may be found in anthologies such as Lake Effect Six, That Not Forgotten, Canada's uh, That Not Forgotten, Canada's 150th uh, Prose uh, Poetic Anthology, and in the just released Inspired Heart for Teens. Besides participating in random acts of poetry at Kingston's Memorial Center, Farmer's Market, uh, she works as a clinical psychologist and adjunct professor of psychiatry at Queen's University. A literary late broom bloomer, while her first solo public reading was in Kingston Central Library in 1985, her first chapbook, North Superior Bardo, appeared in 2014. She welcomes correspondence at the following address, Poet Beth Marie at hotmail.com. Let's bring up Beth Marie Mihalska. Thank you, Bruce. Well, it's a real pleasure to be here and to see at least two of the editors that have published my work over the years uh, in the audience. Thank you very much. Um, Bruce, I want to thank you again for doing this. Uh, I've had the good luck to have been able to come uh, every year. So uh, I feel wonderful about doing it this time. Um, so one of the things about being a psychologist is that I spend a lot of time um, kind of on the input side of things. And so what, one of the things about poetry I find is that it's, it's quite a good release. Um, and one of the things that helps me to stay um, grounded is jazz. Um, so um, recently I had the good fortune to, I sing in a choir and uh, Marianne Trudell who's a jazz composer, pianist from Montreal, uh, had us do La Réal qui nous unit in um, the spire in, the, in May and I think something about being a part of that large chorus and doing this great work has inspired me to actually do a poem that's connected to my love of jazz. So what I'm going to start with today is an ekphrastic glossa. <laughs> so when I think of an ekphrastic glossa, um, it seems to me like it could be a Canada Day pastry, right? Like we could have phyllo dough and maple meringue and then wild Canadian strawberries on the top. But anyway, um, the, this ekphrastic glossa, probably most of you know what a glossa is. Like it's, uh, it's uh, a poem where you're doing a tribute to some other poet and um, uh, you use the last stanza of that poet as the beginning of your poem. And each line in that stanza then becomes a last line in your stanzas as we proceed. Um, so that's what a glossa is. The ekphrastic side of it is that um, this comes from um, the best of Diana Krall. Um, it's a wonderful, wonderful album. And the um, poem that I'm doing this first poem on is, is called Narrow Daylight. And so I'll read you the first um, stanza, or sorry, the last stanza of their poem, which is the first stanza of mine. And that, it was written by Diana Krall and also Elvis Costello as well. And for those of you uh, well 
read in poetry, uh, and everybody actually, uh, regardless. The fourth stanza of my poem borrows liberally from Robert Duncan's Often I Am Permitted to Return to a Meadow. So from my own perspective, this poem is kind of a, an integration of, of uh, psychological work and jazz. So the preamble was kind of long. So here's the, the stanza that's from Diana Krall and Alvis Costello. Narrow daylight entered my room. Shining hours were brief. Winter is over. Summer is near. Are we stronger than we believe? Soar. Tense imaginings appeared unbidden, like weather's forces pushing in. Breathing anxiously, constricted intercostals fenced, limiting inspiration's depth. No laughter, chatterings of gloom. Yet novel mindfulness bounced through like some new awkwardness more size, making relaxation, less doom. Narrow daylight entered my room. How to depict the shift where air coming in with core awareness can move consciousness, sculpt an opening, release puffs of grief, bring on willingness where none existed, grow seeds of belief, Shining hours were brief. Joy identified, perhaps a naming not experienced yet. Cells, living, breaths, mitochondrial, mitochondrial metamorphoses. We soon discover our path, our body, in ways not dreamed of, become a rover, Winter is over. Return to meadow. Meander the place of first permission. Inner music. Feel rhythms, images. Let go of much fear. No pleasure. Smiling. Find expressive modes. Absorb what we hear. Summer is near. Occasional stumbles, big falls. Is the kindness we count upon available in everyone? When there's hunger or hostile years, how can we who suffer reach for succor, find comfort when we grieve? Sometimes stories push us forward to compassion beyond ourselves. Growing up, we care what we leave. Are we stronger than we believe? So that was an unpublished third draft. <laughs> and now I'll read uh, one of the first poems ever published uh, in uh, Quarry Books, published, has published a tremendous number of very, very famous writers. And, and this one called The Special Kingston Writers Issue 
was edited by my good friend and former poet laureate of Kingston, Eric Folsom, who wrote in his brief um, uh, editorial comment at the beginning about the abundance of people, and then I think you said, it's because we're so damn good or something like that. <laughs> anyway, I'm going to read... Um, a short poem, and I just want you to know that the last uh, image is actually meant to be surreal. So if you catch it, uh, the double entendre, it's actually intentional. <laughs> so this, po this poem is called Peaches and War, and it's a very old poem. Um, Kitchen aspirates odors of baked squash, new potatoes. A green bowl gapes near the sink, catching peaches. As they fall, we wield bread knives like clumsy kids with oversized crayons, marking summer's succulent landscape against cool metal. He left only moments ago, a 12-year-old boy who charmed us with dramatic battle stories as we worked. Now, khaki-clad World War I officer, he steals in here. Goggled gas mask protects our hero from edible fumes. We smile uneasily, enter his game with our hands up, leaving whole peaches patiently awaiting our slaughter. So, I'm going to read a couple of sonnets now from a little chapbook I put out about five years ago. Um, and I, I just like to um, honor the people that I've loved who have died. Um, the most recent being um, my cousin uh, Roberta Roach Grebstead, who died last month, and this first poem was actually written um, uh, when my my younger brother was dying of that. I always get the name wrong. Mesothelioma, like it's uh, it's like the asbestosis yeah. disease, and your air sacs they harden over the years. Uh, there, there is now, I gather, some drug that can help if you take it near the beginning. But essentially, you have an awareness uh, of being very limited. And um, it just was very hard to experience the suffering that I saw in my brother. So this is a poem I wrote. Um, and it, it's a sonnet. To you who are dying, thank you for asking me to wash your feet, so calloused by a lack of loving touch. The water helps to soak away defeat. I kneel to serve you, brother. You have such cruel illness for which there's nothing much that health experts can do but palliate. Your breathing slows. With soothing oils, I clutch your toes and gently knead, manipulate. Your death seems near, friend. 
I'll stay, watch, and wait. No way to know if you still comprehend or if you've gone into some bardo state, a juncture you've come to apprehend. I'll sing away here, try to help you through. It is the best that I know how to do. So I'll read another sonnet, and um, it's called Electron. Electron is the Greek word for amber, and this is an old love sonnet that I think it was romantic love when I wrote it, or sort of eros, but now it feels like it could be agape, you know, sort of more universal love than limited to that particular mode. Anyway, Electron. As pitch from Baltic pines and oil combined with air to spark electrons charge o'er time, creating gems not known when resins glowed, preserving force beyond extinction's hold. So we mid-aged share love from each to each, our children born of other loves to teach beyond our waltzing on blue earth entwined of steadfast joy, enduring as the wind. Romancing through eternity, we glow through all successive offsprings forward flow of stories, sweet as passion's dance that lives when we've returned to dust. Our bond still gives a beauty we can't name, as Amber found reminds us of our graceful Earth's rebound. So, um, got, have I got time for two short ones from this book? Yeah? Okay. So this is hot off the press. Bruce is the editor, and many of you I know are in it. Um, and I'm just going to read the, uh, the poems that I had the good fortune to have accepted. The first one is called, No One Is Better. Be fierce, my friend. Dare to treat us all with the same care. For, for when the floods come, every grassroot counts against each of us, the earth itself being washed away. Some say, surround yourself with positive people. I say, do not get surrounded. And positive comes and goes, like skipping stones. We all have moments of free and clear before we splash down ignorant as to whether it was the last time or not. We are all deserving. To paraphrase Louise, life can love us all. In this celebrity age, still worth meditating, on equanimity. Thank you very much, applause. honey. Okay, thank you. So, and this one was was uh, dedicated to my daughter, but when I submitted it, I forgot to mention that. So there we are. And some of you who've been at these readings will have heard it before, but there we are. Um, love while you can. Dream and Olympics of social stewardship, where even the very young train for the slowly, an event that requires you to show that you see the other's view. Listening, 
trials of empathic effort before you ever express. Where jumping to conclusions disqualifies, yet reflecting someone else's mind gains bonus points. Imagine a long deceleration into understanding, mirror neurons playing catch in different brains, gaining shared ground, where asking for or offering help is still a choice. Design a decathlon of diverse means to a common culture, and don't forget the song and dance. Aspire to create plenteous peace. Thank you. That was Beth Marie Mihauska. Let's give her another hand. Up next, Sasha Hill. Uh-oh. And <laughs> kind of cut that off. So anyway, I'll have to do that. Uh, uh, she will be the next one up, but before we get into that, I uh, need to uh, do this. But what you just heard was a reading by Beth Marie Mihalska again in the fifth session of the first day of the three-day Poets at Art Fest 5 Poetry Festival. Again, that was held on June 20, Saturday, June 29th. Tell you what, let's do this. I'll be right back. Folk Everything every Saturday morning from 10 till noon on CFRC. Traditional folk, modern folk, future folk, and strange deviations from the norm. Hear the legacy of folk music and discover new favorites and forgotten classics on Folk Everything. Join me every Saturday morning at 10 for a romp through folk culture here on CFRC. Says Red to James, that's a fine motorbike. Since 1922, CFRC Radio has been the canvassing and community radio station for Queens and Kingston, Ontario. CFRC is both listener-supported and listener-created radio, bringing both music and spoken word content to our community on 101.9 FM and around the world on cfrc.ca. Support locally created media. Learn more at cfrc.ca. Do you like to dance? Tune into The Hustle with DJ Bolt every Friday night between 11 p.m. and midnight. Where you'll hear all the newest dance, electronic, French touch, booty bass, ghetto, deep, and tech house remixes and more. Let The Hustle take you to midnight and beyond at 11 p.m. on 4 to the Floor Fridays. Only on CFRC 101.9 FM. The staff at Martha's Table provides a caring place where people in need can have nutritious meal for only $1. Now you can get involved in this great cause. Martha's Table is looking for volunteers to help in the kitchen, at the drop-in center, picking up food, or even being a friendly face at fundraising events. Volunteer orientation is every Thursday at 4.30 in the drop-in center, and volunteers must be 14 years of age or older. You can donate using a credit card through marthastable.ca, or you can send your donation by mail, cash, check, or bank draft. Martha's Table, 629 Princess Street, whether it's volunteering, donating, or anything else that you can offer Martha's Table, visit their website, marthastable.ca. And you are listening to Finding a Voice here on CFRC 101.9 FM. We are located in Lower Carruthers Hall, Queen's University, Kingston, Ontario. 
My name is Bruce, uh, and here every Friday afternoon from 4 to 6 o'clock. should mention that we do stream live online at www.cfrc.ca as well. And uh, coming up, well, this will actually be the last reading I'll air today. And uh, there will, again, as I'd already mentioned, be one other reader from this fifth session of that first day. Uh, and uh, was the last reader, or uh, this will be, I should say, the last reader from that fifth session I'll air today, and I'll air the other one. Most likely next week I'll get back into these again, although I do have a couple of other events I'm going to look at that have been recorded and see where we're at with that. So let's go ahead and move back into the fifth session of the first day of the three-day Poets and Art Fest 5. Uh, poetry Festival, again held June 29th. Here is Sasha Hill. Sasha Hill is an apprentice artist and poet living and working in Kingston, Ontario. Her passions include poetry, spoken word, and rap performance. She also creates paintings uh, in uh, watercolor, pastel, acrylic, and ink. She performs at poetry open mics around Kingston, and her work has been published in the Free Lit magazine and in an upcoming poetry anthology, Inspired Heart for Teens. Let's bring up Sasha Hill. Hello. I brought some music with me. You <laughs> usually do. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I hope my voice will be loud enough for this. So I have four pieces to share. This first piece is called Queasy. Got me feeling real queasy, wouldn't want my VZ, fight anxiety by keeping busy, sick to my stomach, throw a party when I throw up, confetti, balloon animals grow up, finger paint my memory, this paint by numbers got me counting calories, can't look too tight in these too tight jeans, fit on a cafe walls like it never fit in, thorns in my side, I'm not a wallflower, grow my ego into a tower, fit her in a 10 story building, hit her head on the ceiling, Thinking we get now, didn't show the real me. Should I bring a route? Bring a route. Think I, think I, think I threw a route. Garbage day, Sunday school, always learn something new. Bells ring, 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 ring. Ringing in my head, attendance call. Can't say my real name at all. Glory or gore, mirrored in a chalkboard. Uh, loose on the snooze, fruit loop eyes pop, pop, popping out of her skull. Candy like brains oozing from her nose. Sugar-coated smiles when I let her go Innocent, frivolous, time spent lavishly Perfect when you look at me, kinda like Victoria's Secret Ten feet tall in rickety heels, man Give me all the feels, wanna get messy Just a quick sushi, we'll go fish Go figure breaks around your wrists Bold no won't last for eternity Drink that elixir like a could Spitting origami, paper masterpieces Look at me like a lost and stare back at you dumbfounded uh, gin and tonic on your lips, tongue between my hips. Ooh, got real intimate, but my hips don't lie, and I don't either. Not on the first date, at least. Not the beauty, more of a beast. Greaser Sandra D look like a nice girl, actually. Never ace a spelling B. A A R D V A R K. K. 
King Earth gave me the chalice I wanted keys to the palace so I could put my feet up live in my mama's house feel like I never grew up head in the clouds room as the night down and I'll be dreaming on stars stars shoot my dreams on the walls constantly so I gotta scrub clean my dreams off the walls and put my pain 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 painted in the closet count them all up all of these thoughts racing through my head hundred meter dash till I see you oh what's up nothing new thinking of you do you disapprove prove proving myself worthy by getting up early still feeling surly when you gross me out hands grope the rope around my waist been chased since a day make no mistake i'm not the takeaway dish not miss Take me out to a cafe booth, we can make strong eye contact and have a latte or two. Little later, don't leave me by the wayside, my insides will rot like fireflies, burn up the sky at night, and twilight fantasies, murder mysteries always thrill me. So, remember when I warned you, put red flashing lights up along a bright night, when I look angry, you know you shouldn't cross me. Even with all these crooked candy teeth, I still forget how to smile sweetly. Picasso cubism falling out of nostrils said with a baroque attitude gold painted platitude platitude by my ego 99 red like balloons banks is red woke and broke it yoga owner first yoke of the day we all humpty dumpty crack pray tragic artists are just worth more pay sanity script and black magic artistry jazz jagged with the rabbit in the hat magic maybe speaking school of wizardry lumos illuminate me and a keyboard boring i know humbug hoarded word of virgin magic mike Invading every little emerald curtain. What? Twisted word limbs, Cronenberg reinvented. Take me back together, back together again. And take all the king's horses and all the king's men. Gift horse in the mouth. All I found were Trojans. Dental surgeon, extricating this surgeon. Living day to day, level to level with no manual. Create to survive, to keep breathing alive. Drown in my narcissism. People wanna listen, wanna be thought of as relevant. Everyone here and preaching a reverend. Judicious garlands bloom on my eyelids, vision filled with serpents, and I plummet. Pray to my alabaster pastor, his replies are in ebony and ivory, hiding, hiding, hiding in my penniless penance. Imagination on my repentance, tight rope, walk with a knife. In a moment, I could fly, you could fly high too. Call me Looney Tuned in insanity on the telly. See what I see, it's too much sometimes, feel like crying. Tears are assimilated, thank you for playing. Little later, let me know, kid games, tricks up your sleeves. In Insert another quarter pounder behind my fear. I mean, my ear make love and fake ideas, personalities, fake ideas. Crack a smile every day with these. Please, please, please me every day. Live with repression of creative intuition. What will it take for you to create? And is it too late? Played with my sanity, no answer lines dead. Muse, pick up the phone with some poetry. Lose myself in the sardine street. Hallucinate cartoons filled with existential dread. If I didn't do what I do, I'd surely be dead. We'll Stay strong. Know that it's all in your head. <laughs> Yay. Yay. Alright. Uh, this next piece is called Stri Striving to Be. 
minute, hold up, wait a minute, slow up, on a roll, call me all alone, hear you through the phone, tell me it'll be okay, tell me that one day, once you make it, and I'm counting down the days, I've wasted an eternity, passion is an Everest, no degrees of triumphs, minus 36 Celsius, climb it on another echelon, we all bygones. And the artists are just sits of presses. It's not for the heartless rig. Godless of your credence. Handle this in the madness. Say acceptance. Best believe it. Telling your bendacities. Getting through the Mondays. Artistry is in your veins. It's in your arteries. Success is a never-ender road. Be someone you believe in. Go it alone. Don't return without the goal. Conquer the world. Go out there and conquer the world. Striving to be somebody who told you you're not somebody. Striving to be somebody who told you you're not somebody. Striving to be somebody who told you you're not somebody. Who told you you're not somebody? Who told you? Who told you? I striving to be. Striving to be. Striving to be. I wanna be. Wanna be somebody. 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 Please. Somebody. Please. Please. And I'm carrying my soul like I'm a thousand years old. Everyone can't relate, dictate what they hate, wade through the suffering, it's truth, fate. Artists being close to the gate of creation, interrelate between future and hesitation, ambivalent and ambitions will begin. On it if you present suffering like a Cretan, talent is a new management like a king, intervention for the hell of it, you're tweaking. Past comes with us no matter many mansions, you rich in riches but you're poor in your consciousness, money and diamonds, power and champagne, but comfort is nothing to a dying man, trying to be somebody who told you you're not somebody, trying to be somebody who told you you're not somebody, trying to be somebody who told you you're not somebody, who told you you're not somebody, who told you, who told you, I trying to be, trying to be, trying to be, I wanna be, wanna be somebody, 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 please, somebody, please, please. And I'm carrying my soul Like I'm a thousand years old I'm carrying my soul like I'm a thousand, I'm a thousand. Trying to be somebody who told you you're not somebody. Trying to be somebody who told you you're not somebody. Trying to be somebody who told you you're not somebody. Who told you you're not somebody? Who told you? Who told you? I'm trying to be, trying to be, trying to be. I wanna be, wanna be somebody, 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 somebody. Please, somebody, please, please. Cross stitch in the sleeves. 
Grow up, show up, never slow up. Hard as a diamond, rock, paper, scissors. Ain't gonna cut a diamond. Ain't gonna cut a diamond. Grow up, never slow up. Hard as a diamond, rock, paper, scissors. Ain't gonna cut a diamond, bitch. Show me your confidence. Heart in my back pocket, or was it my jacket pocket? Every six seconds feel like I lost it. Hide in plain sight, and I'm a coward if I don't try. Don't try for the chalice. Best foot forward in my mouth, or dirty on a dance floor. Ride it out for horsemen in front of a hearse inversion. Home invasion is this playing? Audible newness, titanium one day so high, no gravity when it's bad. Sandra Bullock in gravity, my oblivion, Matt McConaughey, Intercella Kane, truth out of my brain, alien out of my chest. I only roll with the best. That Spice Girl Posse, Salsero Hotties, got the best moves, I'm in the best mood. Steel energy, you a dragon boo, slave down, bibble bacons, that counts for two, I say. That counts for two. Left the shire version of me to strive with the best of them. No need for the rest of them in their Cheshire chagrin. I'm busy shimmying. Grow up, show up, never slow up. Hard as a diamond, rock, paper, scissors. Ain't gonna cut a diamond. Ain't gonna cut a diamond, bitch. Grow up, show up, never slow up. Hard as a diamond, rock, paper, scissors. Ain't gonna cut a diamond, bitch. Show me your confidence. Sweet like honey, hundy acre woods. Crumbs in my consciousness. Marks where I've been, we fairy tale. After, after that, golden egg. Just be on my grip, on my grip. I'm slipping beyond it. Infinity, kid game, toy story, jazz jack, rap abuse, back me up, fill my cup to the brim, I lead you following, like, confident, I'll be where I need to be, why would I wanna have it any other way, diamond exterior with no pain, I ain't gang, I'm lame, switch it in the games, aesthetic fame, confident, great dane, ride in the wave like Jaden, just how I say, how I say, how I say, so confident, like, <laughs> Thank you. Sasha Hill, let's give her another hand. And you just heard a performance uh, by uh, Sasha Hill at the uh, in the fifth session of the first day of the three-day Poets at Art Fest 5 uh, Poetry Festival that was held on June 29th. Uh, hope you can tune in next week. Uh, I haven't decided for sure uh, what the show will be, if I'll go and air an early reading from uh, July in uh, from the uh, open mic that we hold here, or if I'll just go ahead and... Uh, carry on with this but there is a pretty good chance uh, it will stay with this and uh, you'll hear the final poet that afternoon and we'll slide into the second day of what I've already mentioned will be several weeks uh, featuring the balance of the 56 poets who read there in any case it will be a wonderful show and I should uh, say that uh, you've been listening to Finding a Voice here on CFRC 101.9 FM. We are located in Lower Coretta's Hall, Queen's University, Kingston, Ontario. My name is Bruce, here every Friday afternoon from 4 to 6. We do stream live online, www.cfrc.ca. And again, as I did uh, 
really at the very top of this hour, but should have been the bottom of the first hour. And just remind you that uh, each hour, each week of this show will be uploaded to my blog space for it shortly after I get home after the show ends. And uh, you can find it there for four years at Finding a Voice on CFRCFM.wordpress.com. Again, thank you so much for tuning in today. I hope you can stay tuned to two hours of East Coast music and a show called Saltwater Music, uh, hosted by Rob Carnell, and that will begin right at the top of the hour. bit of music to take us out of here uh, today. I'm going to uh, play a little Massive Attack from their 100th Window album that was recorded 2003. Here is them in... Every when. 